welcome to another Women in Leadership podcast with me, Angie Mazzetti. In this episode, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin talks about learning to live with each other and navigating the choppy waters of relationships leading in your own life. Sabrina is a former actress and musician who now practices law. She's a family law specialist and an expert in managing shared parenting. One of her goals is to get acrimonious parents out of the courtroom and into her workshops. Successful co-parenting, she says, is about good, honest, open communication. I will tell my clients, look, you know, you have to learn how to communicate effectively, not fly off the handle with such heated emotion, not react in the moment and not, you know, project all of your anger and frustration at the other person, especially when your children are watching. The lessons of living together with grace and compassion are ones for society at large, as well as in relationships, she believes. So just have a little compassion, have a little grace. If we showed one another more compassion and more grace in our current society, I firmly 100% agree that we wouldn't have such polarizing views in the realm of politics these days. Sabrina advises women and men to be mature and to take responsibility for knowing about their finances and for allowing for contingencies. It's the best advice she was given when it comes to money. Make sure you protect yourself and and, and understand and have the knowledge of the money going in, the money going out. Sabrina is a really interesting guest who talks a lot of sense and among her five pearls of wisdom, she talks about the benefits of being grateful and expressing gratitude every day. But you'll have to wait to hear more about that. She's worth it. So hello, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. Thank you very much for joining us on the Women in Leadership podcast. How are you today? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here. Your information just jumped off the page. You have such a varied career. One of the things I I, I know you're a lawyer and a very well-respected lawyer and specialist in family law, but you're also a musician. How did that happen? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, um, I was in music school at the University of Michigan Uh, during my undergraduate years. I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in music and theater. And I had been a um, musician, a professional musician for many years thereafter. And still, in fact, while I was having a quote unquote legal career, I was also a professional musician. So I had dual careers at the time. And um, I just continued to pursue my passion in music and my passion in law for helping people. Good, good way to balance both aspects of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So tell me, um, reading your very impressive bio, it says you went from a career musician to successful lawyer. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. Tell us, how did you make that transition from one to the other? Did you study long in, in law school? What was that path like to run your own business? Well, thank, thank you for asking that. It was a difficult uh I don't want to say difficult journey. It was a journey filled with some difficulties as, as most often, you know, most people do experience in their lifetimes. And in fact, I always say, if you don't have difficulties, well, then you won't grow. You won't know what true growth and hard lessons, you know, can teach you to propel you forward and move you further. And it, it really elevates you to that next level. 
And for me, when I was pursuing a music career, um, I decided to go to law school shortly after my undergraduate because I wanted some of my passion for the arts to translate, to really help people. I, I was in front of the camera a lot and, you know, as a musician as well and as, a, as an actress, but I also felt the need to be a voice for people in my community of music theater uh, and in acting and, and in other, you know, just, I have, I have music theater and then I also do some dance and singing and music. And so a lot of performing arts uh, in my sphere, so to speak. And so a lot of my friends and a lot of my acquaintances in those areas needed some representation. I didn't like how they were being treated. I didn't like how I was being treated. And I thought it would be a good way to be a voice for them. So I decided to go to law school and through my education and then my early years as an attorney, I developed just this continuing uh, need to help people better their lives in general. I, I've still been doing a lot of entertainment law. Uh, I represent other you know, types of, uh, whether you're an artist or you know, a business owner or even people with family law matters, I have found that over time, at the end of the day, people just really need someone to help them through one of the toughest phases in their lives. Um, even and it's, it's, it's notorious contract. the way um, artists do tend to get walked over, even well-known faces and well-known voice that we've known over the years. Yes, they get walked sure. over legally and financially all the time. So it's great to hear that you're uh, someone there who's specialized in helping people like that. You also specialize in family law. Um, in particular, I was interested in, in prenups and postnups, which was new to me. I just read that on your website. Would you recommend a prenup for everybody? Are they necessary and what use do they do? So, Angela, that's a that's a great question. And I'm asked that quite a bit. And I believe that whether you end up executing a prenuptial agreement or not, it's extremely important to know the financial position of your mate or the person that you are ultimately going to be unified with, whether it's in a marriage ceremony or a religious ceremony or a spiritual one. If you're going to be spending the rest of your life with someone or intending to, you really need to be open and transparent and vulnerable with the other person. So oftentimes people do not want to have these difficult discussions because they're too afraid or they let fear uh, drive them in the wrong direction. And I really believe there can be a very healthy and open and honest discussion and result and bridging you know, that disparate, um, whether it's a different perspective on how you spend money, whether it's how you want to save money. Um, and again, even if the two people don't ultimately enter into an agreement, it will definitely bridge you closer. And if it doesn't, well, then you win also. Because if it if it was that sensitive a topic that it ultimately split you up, well, it would have done that after the marriage anyway. So have that conversation is what you're saying really is. Have it? the conversation. It's a win-win for you because ultimately in the short term, you want to know where both of you stand in relation to all of these issues. You on your website it talks about a postnup. What is that? That was a new term to me. 
A postnuptial agreement is one entered into after you're married, and sometimes they're done with the contemplation of a divorce. It helps to solve uh, and resolve certain issues and potential areas of conflict if there would be a divorce. And oftentimes, ponups are done if, for instance, if the two people that are married did not really have any assets to begin with, they didn't have any uh, family inheritances, they didn't have um, any business, so to speak, prior to getting married. A postnup is done if one of the parties perhaps is getting some sort of a windfall, some sort of inheritance, um, if there is a blended family situation mm -hmm. and, you know, certain things arise in that, if there is any kind of an estate planning issue. So there's a lot of different reasons why postnups are done after a marriage is, is, you know, created or started. Yeah. What are the biggest obstacles do you think that women in particular face when it comes to relationships, you know, and managing that financial or legal side of a relationship in, in a civilized way? What are the biggest obstacles, do you think? Angela, one of the biggest obstacles that women face, I think, these days in deciding whether they want to marry someone is, I think, similar to men. There are so many choices. There are, at this day and age, there's so much coming at us. You know, we're, we're, we are now, um, we're such a disposable society we throw things away easily we think the next shiny object coming down the road is going to be better people don't want to invest in anything anymore let alone someone else and if if someone has any kind of dissonance in their relationship people are so quick to jump and run as opposed to digging in and being invested and they don't realize that that's where the true love and bond is created the deeper that foundation and a level of trust and commitment and stick to with one another the real that's where the beauty in relationships are you know people have best friends from childhood it, it, it's the same feeling you know you you know you can count on them you know they're there through thick and thin but they've been invested their whole life so i'm not saying to stay in an abusive relationship that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying before you look at the other person as the trouble or the, the source of all your trouble, you need to look at yourself and decide whether you can improve yourself before you point the finger at someone else. Oftentimes people say that the other person isn't doing something or they're blaming the other person. Well, are you? What is it that you're doing to level up the relationship? What is it that you're doing to level up your life? And then you can have a better discussion about how the two of you can come together and be that bond, be that glue, if the two parties are mutually invested. Do you find that you're, you often kind of give counseling as well as legal advice? It sounds to me like that's what you do. Angela, I take my title of attorney and counselor very seriously. And uh, especially in the realm of family law, although I do have several high level CEOs that call me that need my assistance for a variety of employment issues. And it all boils down to that same, I guess, idea of living at your fullest potential. And oftentimes people want to escape or leave a situation 
because they're not happy or they're just agitated. Well, you're going to take yourself with you everywhere you go. So if you don't change within, your outside reality will still maintain to be the same if you don't take a look at yourself and do the hard you know, lessons and do the hard work necessary to elevate your life. Yeah, I was at um, a talk, I'd say 20, 30 years ago, and something like that came up. I was just went along for interest. There was a, a very well-known psychiatrist giving a talk and one lady in the audience put up her hand and said you know I'm having terrible fights with my husband and I don't think it's good for my children to witness this should I leave and the psychotherapist woman said well it's you know if so long as there's no violence involved or anything like that she said it's actually very good for your children to see you working through problems and that stuck with me for a long time you know because we're so careful about guarding our children and rightly so but you know there is you're actually teaching them a skill as well if you can negotiate through that have you seen that in action? Yeah, and I and I and I do um, believe in that, Angela. I think that a healthy dialogue about issues that concern you should be had maturely and reasonably and respectfully. And that's I think when I coach my co-parenting clients, and when I'm in the middle of a very high conflict divorce with children, I will tell my clients, look, you know, you have to learn how to communicate effectively, not fly off the handle with such heated emotion, not react in the moment and not, you know, project all of your anger and frustration at the other person, especially when your children are watching. Children need those tools to, they need to learn how to resolve conflict in a very mature way. And I think that's where a lot of issues arise with couples because they don't know how to resolve those conflicts in a healthy, mature way. They'll run or they'll leave or they'll scream or they'll drink or they'll take pills or they'll do anything they can to escape what's really going on in front of them. And in order to get a handle on their emotions in that regard, they really need to get a handle on you know, who they are. And, and, and I teach my clients a lot of different skills and tools to cope with all sorts of stuff that, you know, life poses every single day. What kind of skills and tools would you talk about to clients or in the workshops? You give workshops too, don't you? Yeah, I do a lot with breath. You know, breathing is a, is a good way You know, stopping, you know, force yourself to stop. Sometimes I tell myself it's an old psychotherapy technique, you know, wear a rubber band around your wrist. And anytime you see yourself doing something you don't want to be doing or reacting harshly, for instance, as an example, you know, snap your wrist with that rubber band to remind you to have that cognitive training to tell your brain, okay, no, I'm not going to react this way and take a, you know, st literally stop what you're doing, pause, take a deep breath and realize that nothing has meaning except the meaning you choose to give it. And if you choose to look at something a different way, it could have a completely different meaning. And instead of blowing up at the other person for something, maybe that other person didn't even realize he offended you. Maybe he had a stressful day and was too preoccupied in his own mind to, I don't know, get the kids to you on time. So just have a little compassion, have a little grace. If we showed one another more compassion and more grace in our current society, 
I firmly 100% agree that we wouldn't have such polarizing views in the realm of politics these days. Um, and, you know, I, I, I believe people are so quick to judge without that compassion. They don't put themselves in the other person's shoes. They don't care to know. It's a caring, it's a compassion, and it's, I think, a commitment to a deeper level of understanding of someone else's struggles. Yeah, I totally agree with you that everything is getting so polarized, even at a global level now, that, you know, there is never any black and white with things. It's most stuff is in the gray area. What you were saying there about breath, did you bring some of your acting skills to, to call on that one? Because it seems like something that actors really tap into their breath when they're trying to tap into emotions and to get into character as well. You know, Angela, no one's ever asked me that question before, but as a student of acting for all the years that I did, there are a lot of different methods, as you know, as most people are aware. And the one thing that I think acting really taught me and all the lessons and all the training and also my upbringing, because I, you know, I, I learned to hone in on what people are saying. Really and saying. Being a good actress or actor is someone who can react, who can hear what the other person is really saying, who can feel the emotion of the other person, be sensitive to it, be leaning in and turned, tuned in to that, and then reacting accordingly. So many people are so worried about what their next line is or what they want to say next that they don't take the time to listen to what that other person is saying. And therein lies, once again, the disconnect between people, between, you know, communities, between civilizations. It's just, it's, it's that skill that we are so devoid of right now <laughs> that really needs to, um, be honed in on it and, and for, for many people. Um, you know, when, when women are going through tough times and I have a good friend who, who has a, she does a lot of counseling and she said to me, never make a decision in lust, love, anger, or when you're low. And I thought, oh, I wish I'd learned that one years ago. <laughs> lust, love, anger, or when you're low. Would you think that's good advice for people, especially when they're struggling in relationships or in work? Angela, it's it's a great piece of advice, and I've heard it other ways as well. You know, never make decisions in the heat of the moment. Never make decisions um, if you haven't slept or haven't eaten for, you know, a while. And again, back to what we said before, when you are in the heat of an argument and you decide, I can't take this anymore, I need to divorce this person. I really believe that you need to stop take a breath, walk away. Same with reacting to an emotion, uh, to an email or a text message. Don't, you know, go off on your, you know, the heat of the moment. It's very hard. Sometimes it's extremely difficult to practice that. It's a discipline. It is a discipline. It's a disciplining of your emotion, getting a hold of your thoughts in your mind. But they, they, there's a saying, you know, thinking in the shadow of feelings. You want your feelings in situations like this, to take a second step back, obviously, you need to count your feelings when there's a, something going on. You, your feelings matter. But don't let your feelings take over 
your thoughts when you need to be clear and concise and, you know, be a little bit more reasonable and um, walk away from all of that anger and the angst. And if you're low, usually it's because of either circumstantial or lack of sleep, or you, you do have a chemical imbalance. You know, some people who are depressed need some assistance there with either a psychiatrist with medication and then psychology. I believe firmly in the, the double approach with medicine and also the therapy that you need to get the tools you need to necessarily to change your life. But I agree. I agree with your friend who's the therapist who said those things because to do so would be doing yourself a disservice and also the marriage itself a disservice. Does family upset or relationship upset, does it hamper women's career objectives, do you think? Yeah, when someone is going through a relationship breakdown or a, a messy divorce or even just upset, does it, you know, sometimes we bring our problems to work and it can oh. get in the way of your career. And, you know, you, you had this image of yourself rising up through the corporate ladder, you know, you know becoming that great actress, but you get sidelined because, you know, relationship issues kick in. It happens to everybody. Does it get in the way of people's, have you seen it? Have you witnessed people's careers take a sidestep and is there a way of bringing it back around, I suppose? Yeah, Angela, that that's a great point. And I have seen that with both men and women. Um, with women, you know, we are a little more emotional by nature. And it's not a bad thing at all. In fact, I think it makes us strong business women because we can sense the other person's point of view, where they're coming from, their emotions. We can multitask. We have a lot of other strengths that I think are often discounted and sometimes the old man's network. Um, you know, I, I use that with air quotes, <laughs> you know, because it still does exist. I experience it in my profession as well. Um, but men experience it too. And they're going through uh, something with their relationship. I've, I've, I've seen it as well. And I've, I've coached several men as I talked to talk to you about before um, that it does leak into other areas of your life. If you're human, sometimes you just can't help it. You would be a robot if you didn't allow sometimes your emotions from one area of life to spill over to the next. We are all human. And I mean, we see it every day. But the key there is to really try again, to be mindful and be in the moment. When you're at work, try with every fiber of your being to guard your thoughts and guard your mind. Don't let your mind drift to what's happening at home in your personal life. Be very focused at being in the moment. When you're in the moment, you're not thinking, you, you shouldn't allow yourself to think about what's happening at home. When you're in the moment, you're thinking about the task at hand or you know the blue sky or the bird chirping if you're walking outside or you know the the song on the radio you should not allow your mind to go somewhere else your mind cannot think about two things typically at the same time so when you guard your mind and train your mind and a lot of people do that through meditation which i i'm a huge proponent of you can then be better able to do that and meditation is getting uh, much more attention these days because of all the scientific data showing that we should be meditating and exercising our minds just as much as we exercise our bodies. But it'll take some time 
for that to really be um, in the forefront. But I, I believe that's something that we all should do. Before we wrap up, can I ask you, what are your five pearls of wisdom? What sort of advice would you give to women? The, the advice that I give to women would be to do not let fear hold you back from doing what it is that is in your heart to do. You have a desire in your heart that is there for a reason, and you can do it if you believe you can. That's number one. And number two is everybody deserves happiness, but you must be willing to work at it. If you're in a situation that is uncomfortable or is not bringing about the results you want or at, for instance at work or the feelings you want with your spouse or your friend or whatever it is then do the hard work necessary figure out how to reach that other person to communicate effectively to to again reach them in a way that they can hear you don't let fear prevent you from communicating effectively right um I think the third one would be to always level up. Try to be your best version of yourself at all times. It's important in our lifetime to realize that if you're not growing, you are dying. And I firmly believe with every aspect of your life, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, you know, um, professionally, if you are not learning how to grow and achieve something more, then you're settling and you are, you are not becoming the best version of yourself at all times. And that takes work, that takes a discipline. But if you want to achieve joy and happiness, that's really the only way to do so. So Angela, the fourth pearl of wisdom I would have is to persevere. Don't quit. Never give up. Never tell, never let someone tell you you can't do something or you shouldn't do something. Don't allow those negative people to influence your decision in any regard. And I think the fifth pearl of wisdom is to be grateful. Show gratitude, because when you're grateful for what you have, even if you want more, you you are appreciating the beauty in your life at the moment, everything that you've worked so hard for to get to right now. You're not undermining your value. You're grateful for everything that you have that, that's in your surrounding, that your family, your your health, your well-being and then you're again your mind can't go to the negative so i love, I love that negative one like um i think it's, it can be very uh useful when somebody says something negative i think i've done some of my best stuff when people said to me you couldn't do that because i said yeah. yes i can and it really motivates you exactly <laughs> um what about financial advice you mentioned money there uh, what's the best bit of financial advice you have about yourself angela i think the best bit of financial advice would be to make sure you protect yourself um with and, and and understand and have the knowledge 
of the money going in, the money going out. If you're in a marriage, for instance, I see this often with women, they tend to let the man handle it, trust that the man will do everything. They feel good that their quote unquote man is taking care of them, which is all well and good. I'm not judging that. But what I what I caution these women is to truly get a hold of it because you know we can't predict every contingency in life we don't know what's going to happen i mean always we look at things in the best of intentions with the best of intentions you go into a marriage hoping it'll be forever but with a 50 percent plus divorce rate across the globe we know that that's not always the case so you must arm yourself with the knowledge and nowadays, for someone to claim ignorance or a mistake or naivete is, in my opinion, a little too immature, and they're not really thinking of the well-being for themselves or their or their children, or and, and they're doing themselves a disservice. I couldn't agree more with that. I, I've actually talked to investment bankers, women who say, "Oh, my husband does all that." I. I do it in work, but my husband does it in our domestic relationship. I'm like, are you crazy? Into my head, I said. So you love music. You're a musician and an actress. What's your favorite go-to song when you need to energize yourself or to chill? What, what do you like? What's your music choice? Well, I, I like a lot of um, empowering songs. And uh, right now, I mean, I'm loving uh, Sia's Unstoppable. I think that's a great song i love the song be happy by pharrell williams yeah uh, there was actually a study done that in households that played that song every morning and then households that didn't the the the, the, pe the members of that family were happier and i and i really believe that music has such a way of elevating people and it can also bring you know some memories evoke some things that you might not want sadness and things they say country music which actually I believe, I, you know, I do like country music too. And there's some great, uh, great country songs. Um, I love um, This Is Me by Kayla Settle from, you know, Greatest Showman. There's a lot of great tunes out there. And uh, it really, you, you know, it depends on the person listening and the, and the mood that they're in. But I'm a huge believer in music uh, and music elevating your energy. And, and I love classical when I'm working or studying and, there's a lot of great music and I, and I strongly urge all of your listeners to find what works for them and just do it, you know, go for it. Great advice. I was at Garth Brooks, a uh, big concert in Dublin and I wouldn't have been a huge country music fan, but it was a fantastic uh, concert. I got a free ticket from a neighbor, a very kind neighbor, but I was at one point he sang uh, one of his songs. One of God's greatest gifts is unanswered prayers. And you could hear the audience singing in perfect pitch, knew all the words. And it was really sweet. So it's obviously something that touched people. So it's it comes back to what you're saying earlier on about living in the moment, you know, going with the flow, the whole thing. You know, you never know yeah. what's around the corner, what's for you. And just yeah. trusting, you know, believing yeah believing in yourself, believing in your worth, believing in the fact that everything is working out for you. You have to have that belief because you deserve to have what you want in life. But if you don't believe that you're going to get it, then you won't. You have to believe and then just watch the magic and miracles unfold. 
What a wonderful, happy way to finish and very positive way to finish the podcast. Sabrina, thank you. Sabrina Shaheen uh, Cronin, thank you so yes. much for being our guest on the Women in Leadership podcast. Angela, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. And that was my guest, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin, family law specialist from Michigan in the United States. My thanks to Sabrina for such honest, open conversation and really practical advice on communication, co-parenting, prenups, postnups, and just being grateful for the life and gifts that you have. If you want to hear more contributions from smart women on living and leadership, follow us on the podcast wherever you get your podcast, the Women in Leadership podcast. Check us out on the website, womeninleadership.ie and follow us on Twitter, Leading Women Pod. Until the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti, and all on the Women in Leadership podcast team, goodbye and take care.